George. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what is it, woman? George, uh, I'm ill. I, I've got to get medicine. Oh, go and get it. <laughs> can't. Can't you help me, George? Oh, you'll be all right, though. Go get it. Uh, oh, it's downstairs. And I, oh, I, I can't. Shut up. Oh, all right, George. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> think it would ever be as, as bad as this. What an end. But it is the end. Do we have to pay an even greater price? I wonder. Well, we shall see. How? Present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Tonight, the greater price. Zoek jy dit? Vryf jy dit? Sien jy dit? Vergelijk jy dit? Ek de handpukker gewen! Ja, die Wimpy, dis a groot feest, scratch and match spel, is a groot feest, groter as wat jy gedink het, wen 25 gram of a onvergetelike reis na Disney World, met die Wimpy, dis a groot feest, scratch and match spel. By a Wimpy, nou! In the year 1885, I was still in practice at Paddington. I was living at Baker Street and slowly building up a reputation as a general practitioner. Holmes had already achieved some quite considerable fame and our friendship was already settling down to a solid partnership. I was growing used to his untidiness and eccentricities and he was tolerating my steady respectability. I never interfered with his work and he was frankly not interested in mine. But there was this one case where our interests seemed to overlap. It started when I was called out to the home of George and Emma Baker. Emma was an old patient of mine, and she'd had a nasty fall down a flight of stairs. Now, Emma, there's nothing broken, thank goodness, but you're getting a little too old to take these falls. You must rest in bed until I tell you to get up and take a little exercise. You're very badly bruised. Oh, I'm all right. It was silly of me, really. I, I should have made sure the gas was on on the landing. I, I must have tripped over the rug. Well, you shouldn't have been out of bed anyway. Well, I had to get me medicine. You should have insisted that your husband get it for you. Oh, that lot of good it does to ask him for help. Oh, dear, Dr. Watson, things have reached a desperate state. Oh, you mustn't give in. As I say, you've been very lucky. 
I'll have a word with George and tell him he must take better care of you. Oh, he won't do any good. He'll be home here soon, wanting his supper. Well, he'll have to get it himself. I'm sure you've got plenty of food in the larder. Get him to boil some eggs or make some soup. <laughs> He'll be off down the road to the Rose and Crown. Spends more time and money in that place than he does in his own home. Emma? Emma, you all right? The doctor's here. Oh, I'll uh, go down to him, Emma. Now, stay here, get some rest. Now, there's some liniment to rub on your bruises and some pills for the pain. You'll be as right as rain as long as you take it quietly. There. Yeah, that's everything. I'll call in again in a couple of days' time. Just rest most of the time. Good day to you. Goodbye, Doctor Watson, and thank you. How's the old girl? Oh, severely shaken. You really must take more care of her. She works too hard and she isn't a very strong woman. She's been lucky on this occasion, but she's got to take care. And it's up to you. Ah, uh, you know what she's like. She'll be up and about in no time. She moans a bit, but uh, she always comes through. Trouble is, the money's running out a bit. They're laying off men down at the plant. Things aren't as rosy as they were. Well, you'll just have to be as thrifty as possible. I'll call back in a couple of days' time. But please, do look after her. And I mean it. We doctors can't work miracles, you know. And later, you, George. I had very little time for George Baker. I knew his wife was hard-working and thrifty, but George was something of a spendthrift, throwing money away on horse racing and hard drinking. But there was little I could do but offer advice. I kept my promise and called at their home two days later. Emma was up doing the weekly wash and cooking a stew. The air was fetid with the smell of drying sheets and boiled cabbage. Well, Anna, as you see me, not so bad, not so good. <laughs> I've warned you before, Emma. You're overtaxing your strength. Oh, it's got to be done. Couldn't go on being ill. Not when we've got a visitor coming to stay. Sort of vague cousin from Australia. It was such a nice letter he's written. Just arrived in this country. First time he's been here and he don't know anyone. George has gone down to the station to meet him. Oh, must get this all cleared up before they arrive. Oh, dear. Oh, that sounds well, like the... Oh, dear, dear. All behind hand. Now, sure you won't stay for a cup of tea, Doctor. The kettle is on. No, 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 no. Thank you. You already have come here. Come in, come in, Sully. Meet the wife. Emma, this is uh, Roy Thornton. Roy, this is the missus. Oh, and uh, Dr. Watson, the family doctor, you know. Well, well, our Iris is youngest, all the way from Australia. How do you do, Mrs. Baker? Very good of you to make me so welcome. Oh, it's great pleasure. Uh, I hope you'll be comfortable here. Uh, we're only working class, you know, rough and ready. But, but you, you can treat the place like home for as long as you like. Oh, thank you. It's very good of you. Well, uh, look, the missus obviously isn't ready for us at the moment. Why don't you dump all your cases in the spare room and let's stroll down to the Rose and Crown for a pint? Mm. Might as well introduce you to the English pubs. One of the prides of the country. No good... Uh, Asking you to join us, is it, Dr. Watson? Uh, I'm afraid not. I must get about my rounds. Good day to you, Mr. Thornton. Bye, Emma. Don't forget my advice. Bye-bye for now. 
Roy Thornton appeared to be a well-set-up young man of obvious education and a wealthy background. I couldn't see him fitting in very well to George Baker's scheme of things, but the matter was no concern of mine, and I'd put it from my mind. But subsequent events proved me to be right. Well, now, Roy, think you're going to like it in England? <laughs> Hard to say. I want to move about a bit first. Travel, see something of the countryside. Visit places I've read about and never seen. Not thinking of getting a job at all? Uh, no, that'll come later. There's no immediate urgency. Comfortably all for you. Plenty of the old ready cash. I'm reasonably well off. I have enough to last. The inheritance I came into has a reasonable backing. I have shares, some jewellery. I'll be all right. Oh, you are a lucky boy. And no dependence over here. I don't know a soul. And that's just the way I want it to be. Well, of course. The wife and I are simply poor Londoners. You'll have to take us as you find us. Of course, it's all a question of give and take. We must try and help each other, mustn't we? Well, how about another pint? Then we'll toddle off home. Hmm. Must show you the place. Got a nice bit of garden out the back. Of course, you'll be used to wide open spaces. <laughs> but you might be interested in what we're doing to it anyway. Cheers, and great having you among us. I didn't call on the bakers for some time. In fact, it must have been over a month before I called again. The young man, Roy Thornton, had packed his bags and gone travelling. I can't say I was surprised. The best news was the improvement of Emma Baker. She was in far better health and looked neat and cheerful. She attributed this to a rise George had had in salary. She seemed quite a new woman. Oh, yes, I'm so much better, Doctor. Just makes all that difference a bit more in the wage packet. And really, George has been so much better about things. You should see what he's done out there in the garden. Look, a new shed is just erected. Going to have me own pot plants, geraniums and such like. And a bit of a lawn plan too. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad to see this improvement, Emma. Quite like old times, seeing the sparkle back in your eyes again. Oh, yeah, I'm all right now. No troubles at all. Now, you will stay and have a cup of tea this afternoon, won't you? Of course, I discussed none of this with Sherlock Holmes. The progress of a working-class Paddington family was of no interest to him whatsoever. But it was then that the hand of coincidence began to move. I'd returned to our rooms after a rather tiring day to find Holmes deep in conversation with a young man named Arthur Hughes. I'm sorry to bother you like this, Mr. Holmes. I know you must be a very busy man. My small troubles are probably beneath you. No, not at all. I'm always willing to listen to people with a problem. Uh, please do sit down and feel free to smoke. Watson and I find the relaxation of a pipe ideal at this time of the day. Most agreeable. Uh, take a light from the fire. Oh, thank you. Well, I I arrived in this country only a few weeks ago. Met a fellow on the ship coming over. We sort of chummed up and agreed to meet and travel up to Scotland together. We'd neither of us been here before, and to have a friend to travel with is quite an adventure. Well, this fellow, uh, Roy Thornton is his name, has disappeared. Uh, excuse me, but uh, did you say Roy Thornton? Yes, that's right. Why? Uh, uh, nothing, nothing. Carry on. Well, I left a forwarding address with Roy, and he said he'd get in touch. He was planning to stay with some distant relatives in some part of the city. 
He just hasn't written. And I know there is uncollected mail from Australia waiting for him at his bank. It's all rather puzzling. I'm sure something must have happened to him. I've tried advertising in the agony columns of the press, but without success. And I wondered if you could give me any advice. Well, there doesn't seem to be very much data. I know, but that's what's so bewildering. I don't like to butt in, but I think I can help you here. It really is the most amazing coincidence, but I think I've met this young Australian fellow. I have a patient, a Mrs. Emma Baker, who lives not far from here in Paddington. She had a young man named Roy Thornton living with her for a while. He was a vague relation. He sounds very much like the same man. The facts dovetail in far too easily to ignore, Watson. Uh, what has happened to the young man? Well, Emma Baker says he's gone off travelling. I don't know whether he's kept in touch with the Bakers. I could easily inquire. Well, that's very decent of you, Doctor. I'd appreciate that. Frankly, I'm quite concerned. Roy's not the type of young man to let people down. Oh, uh, why don't you join me in a visit to the baker's home tomorrow morning? If you care to come here at 9.30, I can make it the first call of the day. Ah, thank you. I think that's a very good plan. And perhaps an even better plan would be for me to accompany you two gentlemen. I have been known to pick up a few clues where others have failed. At 9.30, did you say, Watson? Then 9.30 it is. And now... A glass of brandy all round to round off the evening, don't you think? Sunshine dear, heerlijke smaak, plus die sonskyn vitamin wat ons lichaam in nodig het. Oh, pak het en kijk wat daar op jou vaag, een vrolijke laagdag, een sonskyn of reendag. Sunshine Deer, die margarine met sonskyn vitamin. Kijk uit vir die groot rooi deer. A while back I was coughing, wheezing. My chest was so tight and sore. Fortunately, a friend recommended Vicks Actor Plus. The cough and chest cold remedy from Vicks. You know, Vicks Actor Plus quickly calmed my cough and loosened that tight and painful chest. So next time you've got more than just a cough and want fast relief from a chest cold too, take my advice, try some, and you'll see why they call it Vicks Actor Plus. The following morning dawned windy and raining. It was not the sort of morning to pay social calls in Paddington, but Arthur Hughes had turned up on time and Holmes was quite ready. We took a four-wheeler and found Emma Baker alone in her back parlour. This is a surprise. Didn't expect you on a morning like this, Dr. Watson. Well, Mr. Sherlock Holmes, too. This is an honour, I must say. Thank you. Uh, we are here because this young man, Mr. Hughes, is anxious to get in touch with Roy Thornton, who stayed here with you for a little while, I understand. Is that right? Just a few weeks. Nice lad. Come over from Australia. But, but he decided to move on. Can't blame him. We weren't his class, if you know what I mean. George said he was stuck up, but I don't think so. He was just used to something a bit better than this. I see. Have you heard from him since he left? No. Strange. I thought he might write, but we, we haven't heard a thing. <laughs> easy come, easy go. <laughs> Didn't he leave a forwarding address? Uh, no. Now, George saw him off at the station, and he said he would write, but as he was going to be travelling around all the time, uh, we couldn't get in touch with him. I suppose we'll hear sometime. Oh, I can't understand it. We had a definite plan to travel together. Oh, well, I suppose there's nothing we can do. 
Did he take all of his things with him? Oh, yes. Well, that is, I, I think there were a couple of cases he said he didn't want. Uh, George put them in the shed. I wonder if it might be possible to take a look at those cases, Mrs Baker. There might be a clue left hanging around. Oh, I suppose there can't be any harm in it. Oh, better put your capes on. It's a wet old morning and no mistake. Well, there's no sense in your getting yourself wet. Uh, just show us the way. Oh, well, all right. Uh, uh, it's through here. The back door is unlocked. And the key of the shed's hanging up over the door. Mind you, you'll be getting really wet if you don't watch out. Now, here we are. There it is. Down the path. Right, come on, Watson. Hughes, let's make a dash for it. <coughs> here we are. interesting. Quite a recent building, I take it. Yes. Pride of Emma Baker's life. She's going in for pot plants. Yes, which, meantime, we need those suitcases. Uh, they're on the shelf, I think. Yes. Yes, that's one. I'm sure I recognise it. It's quite a good pigskin bag. I, I would have thought this far too good to leave behind. Now, let's see. Uh, uh, empty. Oh, very, very strange. A man leaves a house without a forwarding address doesn't write and leaves a valuable case behind. Ah, now what have we here? It looks like a stain. Yes, or an attempt to remove a stain. Yes, I'm afraid the mystery deepens, gentlemen. It's fairly clear that the man to question is one George Baker. Yes, well, it's not yet mid-morning, but I should judge that Mr. Baker will take advantage of this inclement weather to wet his whistle in the bar of the local pub. Yes, I think we must take our leave of Emma Baker and drop in there, don't you? Yes, gentlemen. What will it be? Uh, just a pint of ale, I think, Barman. Uh, same for me. And me. Three ales. Right you are, gentlemen. Holmes? Holmes, you're right. There in the corner of the bar. That's George Baker. And he looks as though he's been putting away quite a lot of scotch. That's odd. For a man who has just been given a handsome rise at work, he should be drinking at this time of the day. Mm, quite. Ah, uh, he's uh, seen me. Well, we'd better go over. I'll introduce you. And then you can question him however you choose. Come on. Hello, George. Why, Dr. Watson. What are you doing here this time of the day? Just been visiting your wife. Oh, and uh, this is Sherlock Holmes. This is Mr. Arthur Hughes. Arthur is a great friend of Roy Thornton's. Came up this way to see if there's any trace of him. Been down to the house, have you? Not a medical visit this time. Snooping around. Don't it, Mr. Holmes? I've heard of you, nosy Parker. What are you after this time? The answer to that is the whereabouts of Roy Thornton. He seems to have disappeared. Oh, who says so? He's a free man with a lot of money. He would move about all over the world if he wants to. Wife and I weren't good enough for him. So he packed up and left. Simple as that. It's on the uh, 12th of September. About 8.30 in the evening at Paddington Station. Had he much luggage with him? As he wasn't in a planning to come back, I think he had all of it. All except a couple of suitcases you placed carefully away in your new shed. Isn't that so? Now, look here. What is this cross-questioning? I tell you, the fellow's gone. Cleared out. We don't know where he is, and that's a fact. So keep your nose out of my affairs. That clear enough, Mrs. Sherlock Blooming Holmes? It was clear that Holmes suspected some kind of foul play. What exactly he decided to do about it was a mystery. But he wasn't going to leave things alone. 
He spent the remainder of that rainy day closeted in a public surveys office at the Paddington Town Hall. And the next morning, Mrs. Baker once again had a visitor. Uh, good morning, madam. My name is Channing from the survey department. Uh, we're doing a survey on new road planning. Uh, this area has been chosen for examination. If the proposed plans are approved, it could be that part of your land will be requisitioned for development. All right. I don't think I understand. My husband and I own this place. You, you mean you could throw us out? Oh, it wouldn't be as drastic as all that. Uh, uh, more than adequate compensation would be made. Uh, uh, you would be a very wealthy woman. Well, well, I don't know about this. This is our own. Well, I live in here. Well, I must explain that this is purely in the exploratory stages. Uh, no plans have been finalised. Uh, but progress must go ahead, you know. Uh, better roads, lighting, sewerage, all have to be considered. But I, I thought that was all going to happen on the outskirts. I mean, this is old established area. Um... Just how much would be affected? Oh, it is impossible to judge at this stage. The whole back garden would probably have to go. Oh, well, our back garden? Oh, just when we got it looking so nice. Well, as I have said, this is purely an investigation. We thought that you should be told of our work. And might I suggest that you talk it over with your husband? Reassure him that everything will be taken care of. He will not be out of pocket in any way. Oh, that's as may be, but he's not going to like it, I can tell you that. Oh, just so we're getting everything right. It's not one thing, it's another. Now, we shall want to know more about this in full detail. Understand that, everything, in full detail. <laughs> You're certainly taking a great interest in the disappearance of Roy Thornton Holmes. What's this all about? Patience, Watson. We're going back to the Baker house. And this time, we're not subjecting that poor woman to further harassment. We're simply going to break into her back garden. Well, Holmes, is such a thing justified? I firmly believe so. Ah, now here, I think, is the entrance to the road. Uh, pull over by that gas mantle, Cabby. Oh, very good, sir. Uh, here we are. Thank you, Cabby. Oh, thank, thank you, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, not do you. Come on, Pussy. Come on, Uncle. Uh, there's a backyard gate in the fence. It should present no problem. I noticed it last time we were here. Just a bolt on the inside, which is easy for a tall man to reach over and unclasp. It should provide us with no trouble. Well, Holmes, what's the purpose of all this? What do you intend to do? Listen, Watson. Just listen. I think our friend George Baker will be in a high old temper... When he hears what his wife has got to tell him. Come on, this way. It isn't possible. It can't be true. You, 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 you can't mean it. George, I'm only telling you what the man told me. But they can't do this to us. You can't go around knocking down people's houses and building roads through their lands. Oh, he said it was just <clears throat> an idea. The authorities were going into it. And if it all come to pass, then we should be adequately compensated. We'd be rich people. Uh, they'd buy the house and we'd be able to move into a smaller place somewhere out of town. I tell you, I don't want to move. I can't move. Well, it's all just in the planning stages. I insisted that we'd be given adequate time and told the fullest details. I don't want to hear any details. I tell you, should have told the man that we weren't interested and sent him about his business. But this was his business. He's from the public surveys office. I don't believe it. Have you discussed it with the neighbours? Oh, not yet, but I suppose they'll be given the same opportunities as we are. 
But I really don't feel as badly about it as I did. And I've had time to think. Well, it, it might not be a bad move. Bad move? You must be out of your mind. Oh, I don't know. It is a big place for the two of us. And, and all those stairs, I've already had one bad fall. A little bungalow out in the country. Chipperfield way. I've always liked Chipperfield. Oh, come on, we'll talk about it later. Okay, come and have some tea. I don't want no tea. I don't want anything but to stop this business going through. We've got to stop it. We can't ever leave this house. Get that through your head once and for all. For tea, if we have to. We don't ever have to. It's impossible. We can't. We, we mustn't. Can't I make you see that? It'll be the end of me if they take over this place. Once they start pulling the place about, digging up the garden, it, it'll be the end of me. George, <laughs> George, what are you talking about? The shed. I'm talking about the flaming shed. Once they take that down. Well, what is this about the shed, George? I... I've always thought it was funny you suddenly put it up like that. What's so precious about an old wooden shed? You can always get another. Don't you understand, woman? He's out there. Young Roy Thornton. We had a quarrel of the night he was due to leave. I asked him to lend me some money. He refused. I lost my temper and ate him. I, I didn't mean to kill him. He hit his head on the side of the fireplace when he went down. George, Mean this. You've taken your medicine and gone to bed. I didn't know what to do. I took him out in the shed and buried him in the earth. The next day, I, I started to cement it over. He, he's out there, lying under a layer of cement. What can I do, Emma? What can I do? You, you must go to the police. Confess everything. It, it's the only way. Oh, what an end. I wondered if we'd ever have to pay an even greater price for happiness. Well, now I know. I think you geleerd had ek a slechte hoes gehad. My baas was benauwd en seer. Gelukkig beveel a vriend toe Vicks Ecteplas aan. Die nieuwe hoes en baas verkouwe met de syne van Vicks. Jy weet... Vicks Ecteplas het my gehoes en hy benauwdheid en pijn aan die baas gauw laat bedaar. As jy ooit meer as net een hoes het en een verkouw op die baas gauw gauw wil verlig, volg my raad. Neem Vicks Ecteplas. Jy sal sommer sien hoe kom hulle dit Vicks Ecteplas noem. O maak vandag a sunshine dear dag. Sunshine dear, heerlijke smaak, plus die sonskyn vitamin wat ons lichaam in nodig het. O pak het en kyk wat daar op jou vaag, a vrolijke laagdag, a sonskyn of reendag, a dag vol van smaak, a lewe vol maak, ja. Sunshine dear, die margarine met sonskyn vitamin. Kyk uit vir die groot rooi dier. Sherlock Holmes and I overheard everything. When George Baker realized there'd been witnesses to his confession, he broke down completely. He took his wife's advice and gave himself up. As Holmes said later... A sad case, Watson. I've no doubt that when he comes to trial, they will take into consideration that it was an accident. A post-mortem will show that, but, oh dear, what a pathetic chain of events. Of course, Baker might have got away with it if they had continued to live in that house... That's why I had to arrange the fake meeting of the surveyor. I was aware from the moment I entered the shed in the garden that something was wrong. The cement so uneven. The pile of earth outside the window. The suitcases. As I say, a pathetic case. 
Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson.